Time marches on and leaves behind those who are not equipped for tomorrow. We cannot predict what will happen in the future, but we at Regent University aim to prepare you for it. With world-class professors and over 150 programs, the opportunities to find success in your field are many. So don't let tomorrow pass you by. The journey to your brightest future begins here. Visit regent.edu slash learn more. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. As we head into our two of our daily three-hour tour, it is a delight. It's a privilege. It's an honor to welcome to our show Christopher Ruddy. He is the CEO of the news organization we have been talking a lot about and you have been telling me more and more about. That is Newsmax, Newsmax Television particularly. Uh, Mr. Ruddy, do we have – did we just uh – Oh, we just dropped. He just dropped. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Well, that is a little embarrassing to me, but it happens. It's not the first time. Uh, Let me do this. Let me go to uh, listener Doug real quick. And uh, I know he's on topic. Doug, you're going to... You're going to call in on the same topic, but we'll have Chris Ruddy back in a moment. If, yeah, if Chris uh, We got back. him. We got him. We got him. My bad. <laughs> Sorry about that technical glitch there. It is a delight to welcome Christopher Ruddy to the show. Sir, I just gave you an intro. Welcome to the airwaves. I appreciate oh, it. Yes. Thank you for having me on. You betcha. It was election night, um, and another uh, media uh, manager called me and said, are you watching uh, Fox? I said, yeah. I said, go to Newsmax. It's so much better. I turned over to Newsmax. It so much was. And since November 3rd, Christopher, I know you guys have been on the air a while, but since November 3rd, steady drumbeat of listeners to this show and fellow conservatives saying they're done with that. They are Newsmax watchers, and you are now beating them in ratings. Congratulations on all of that, sir. It's been huge. Newsmax now is, uh, Seth, the number four cable news channel in the United States for, for cable news. Um, we're beating CNBC and Fox Business. We're taking a big chunk of Fox's audience right now. Um, and sometimes we, in a key demo, the other uh, last week we beat, or it was I think Monday night, we beat um, Martha McCallum on Fox News, Greg Kelly, it's a hit show. Yep. And it's exploding. People um, are tuning in. We're on almost every major cable system. If you get Cox out there, we're on Cox. You bet. We're on Mediacom. Xfinity, DirecTV, Dish. Dish, yep, I get you on Dish. You betcha. Absolutely, Christopher. And and a lot of people, you know, the other thing is Fox is locked behind a paywall, the cable world. We're free on Roku and YouTube Live and Apple and all of those devices, Pluto. And so we're estimating that our audience is almost close to Fox now, just in the huge reach that we're doing. And um, a lot of people also downloading our app on their smartphones smartphones we had about three million people download in the month of november uh on their iphone or android and they can watch newsmax for free anywhere in the world so it's an amazing development and um we're fast overtaking fox and it's thanks to people like you and your viewer and your listeners well christopher thank you but thank you thank you for doing this um not just this interview but for airing what you're daring so let me ask you why as i as i pray that you get bigger and and even stronger what what is it what is the distinction uh what is it that you are doing differently is it rediscovering what fox first learned and has abandoned is it that plus something else what is the magic to the success of newsmax here yeah, I think we're closer to the original Fox than the new Fox. Uh-huh. You know, we saw an election night. It was pretty scary. They attacked 
they 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 really turned on the president because we know that on that night they Newsmax was the first to call Florida for President Trump. Uh, Fox wouldn't call her for almost two hours, but they immediately called Arizona, yeah. even though most news organizations wouldn't call Arizona. Yeah. A lot of people like scratching their head, what is this all about? Why are they doing this? And it was pretty clear their decision desk wanted to help Joe Biden that night. And since then, they've been always quick to call things for Biden. Uh, they've been pretty critical of the president and a lot of things. So Newsmax has been very consistent. As a news organization, we've been very fair with the president. And um, I think, you know, Newsmax.com, our website's been around for 20 years. It's got a huge following across the U.S. People read it every day. And I think if you go there, you'll see that we're very fair and balanced, sort of like the old Fox. I, I, that, I, that's that's what I was thinking. I was thinking you, 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 you have discovered what Roger Ailes once discovered, which was there's half a country out here that doesn't agree with what CNN is doing, and there's no reason for us to be CNN light, which is, I think, what Fox has become. And it's not as if we have changed as conservatives wanting fair and balanced, just another side to CNN. It's that Fox has changed, whether it was through political affirmative action hires. That's what I mean, political affirmative action hires, as if they needed to be like CNN or MSNBC. Is there this, is there this view in the media, Christopher Ruddy? Is there a view in the media that we have to be liked? We have to join an elite club? that you are standing athwart and saying stop to, we don't? Is that what's infecting Fox and that distinguishes you as well? Well, I love what you just said, Seth, and I'm going to steal the line that, Please. that Fox is trying to be cnn light. Yeah. Because that's exactly the problem. They're trying to mimic CNN, which has been a disaster. And um, CNN, you know, look, if you look at CNN and MSNBC, they, they have Republicans on there as commentators. Every host was very much against the president, but did you know that 80% of the contributors for CNN and MSNBC that are Republican endorsed Joe Biden? So it shows you how in the tank these guys are for the Democratic Party. Newsmax has has liberals that come on that endorse Joe Biden, but we fully disclose what they're about, sure. and people can decide for themselves. Um, but we have an incredible lineup of people that either have shows or come on regularly, people like Dick Morris and Mike Huckabee and Alan Dershowitz. Alan's a noted liberal, yep. but he tells the truth when it comes to the president. Michelle Malkin has a show on the weekend. Um, and we're just adding more and more folks, and it's an incredible. Greg Kelly's our number one host at night. Sean Spicer used to work with the president, uh, was the press secretary. And the ratings are going up. I think people are checking us out on on cable, and uh, they're saying, "Hey, I like what I'm seeing." And I think it's because we're giving what Fox used to yep. do—the real too. story. I do too. You do another thing that's really good. I want to commend you on Christopher, if I might. You know, I lived in Washington for many years, and I, you know, there's a lot of smart people in Washington that don't get on. The fancy shows, but they're really smart and worth listening to. I think of someone like John Gizzy. What someone like him knows, you can't write an encyclopedia to fill. And you guys interview him, and it's great. Thank goodness you do. You're exposing a lot of brilliant minds that, for whatever reason, just never got, just never made it into the elite club of, of what Fox likes to put on. And I think the American people, certainly the American conservative and independent thinkers, more than anything else, they like intelligence and they like not to be lied to. And, and, and you've stood up for that as well. And I think that's a winning formula. 
Well, we're going through, Seth, a very dangerous period now. We're seeing, for the first time, major platforms like Twitter, like Facebook and and YouTube closing down any dissent. Right. They claim they're open platforms, but, for instance, YouTube announced that anybody that questions election results is going to be removed. Like, isn't that scary? Why can't people question the election results? I, I, I think that's part, I mean... You know, then once you start deciding true and false, Facebook, for instance, says you can't question vaccines. I happen to like vaccines. I've taken vaccines all my life. I do think there's serious questions about some vaccines and their necessity. Why can't there be discussion on it? Um, and and then Twitter has just is trying to edit the president's stuff. So I think that the importance of Newsmax and you know now the media likes Fox News. I wonder why. The importance yeah. of Newsmax yeah. is now even more important in this age where free speech is under assault. I think that's it, Christopher Ruddy. That's exactly it. You know, all Newsmax has to do really is to say, well, we actually just believe in the journalist's creed. It's on the wall at the National Press Club. None of you follow it. We do. And it starts with understanding that free speech and freedom of the press and free and, and the First Amendment actually matter actually matter that's all we're doing and the more you the, the more you stand right there christopher you know i just think you're going to get more and more viewers because i think people are fed up with the censorship i think they're fed up with the elitism and i think they're fed up with the defensiveness fox has become defensive too have you noticed that they had three people on to defend on arizona that night it was a very odd thing and um anyway i just i know how busy you I are think- but I, I just had well, to get I you on. You. I just... Uh, look, we're, we're busy because there's so much news breaking. I was at the White House with the president last night. Good. Um, he was celebrating uh, Christmas and Hanukkah. Um, and he's, you know, he's very resolute. He says, you know, it's pretty clear that across the country there were massive irregularities. I mean, the, the things that went on were that some states would not match the signature for the yeah. ballots that came in. I think that's a pretty serious law, and we did a poll on Newsmax that showed 90% of the people said that that shouldn't be, that the signature should match. So I think when the president raises these issues, I think it's really important. And we're going to keep driving home. I, I know the Electoral College is meeting on Monday. Uh, we have uh, a number of people, including Rick Grinnell, coming on Newsmax Good. tonight Good. on the Stitchville show. Good. So tune in. There's going to be a lot of Tom Fitton and Judicial Watches coming up, Doug Collins. A whole bunch of Lynn Wood, the famous attorney. They're all on Newsmax TV tonight, so check us out on cable or on uh, free systems like YouTube or or Roku and other free apps. Well, Christopher, I hope this can be a down payment and we can do this again soon. The future of the media is important to us, and you're the future of it. We'd like to stay in touch. If you want to make down payments, Seth, I'll take cash or check. <laughs> At least we're doing it in the air, open air here. Yeah. <laughs> Christopher yeah. Ruddy, Godspeed well, to you. Keep up your good work. Thank you, sir. We need you. We need Thank you. Seth. And we need you. Thank you, sir. We'll be in touch. Thank you. Bye. God bless you and Godspeed. I'm Seth Liebson, 602-508-0960. We will be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show, 602-508-0960. Doug, you'll forgive me for that little false start we had. I appreciate your patience, sir, and understanding. 
Oh, not at all. I'm honored. I was uh, tossed away by such a great man. Um, <laughs> well, I didn't mean it that way. We had him. We actually had, and then, I don't know, I think a glitch right. happened. The minute I went to him, it fell, and then it's always, you know, they, there's always a moment or two of confusion on the other end. Anyway, sure. you, you get it. But no, thank you. no, thank I, you. I thought it was outstanding. And uh, we here as the audience of the Seth show are very flexible and adaptable to those kind of things. Oh, I so, like it. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. By the way. You started uh, something big here. You know that? You know what you started, right? Have you been aware no, of what no. you started with the, your last call Yeah. about, you know, the future of the movement and the party and the bench? Yeah. Um, listener Charles started helping us compile a list of names to show us how important of our movement really could be as a new set point oh, for the Republican I, Party. And, and that's, yeah, I wanted to go over a few things. because Let's I, do I, it. Let, it's all yeah, you, baby. Uh, yeah. Uh, quick thing, though, as far as Newsmax goes, I, I have moved over at 100%. Mm-hmm. I was 25 years with Fox yep. and American Greatness and a few other websites, but I have gone 100% to Newsmax and enjoy it, uh, Snitchfield. Uh, you know, Kelly is great. They have basic shows that are good. Uh, but I've taken the Fox News app off of all my phones. Um, of course, it's, you know, Sue and I being uh, artists, we have computers in our uh, studios that you you are played on every day, which makes work very enjoyable. Oh, that's sweet. Uh, but it's now all Newsmax, and it's great. He's right. That app is fantastic. When you can't get news reception because we travel the country quite a bit. Uh, Newsmax is there. I can stay in touch, and they're solid. And um, that made me think of the uh, O'Sullivan law that I heard again today, but I've heard about it in the past. And basically that law states, and this is what I wanted to talk about as relevant to Newsmax and Fox and to Republicans, why we've lost our institutions. And this O'Sullivan law states that if an institution, any institution or business that does not fight for conservatism every day, all the time, will in time always 100% become liberal. Right. Named after John O'Sullivan, former uh, publisher of National Review, former editor of National you, Review. Right. Yep. Right. And, that, and that's because we've talked for years. Remember uh, when I stated, what do you get when you have a, a board or a panel of uh, six conservatives what do you have in about five or ten years? And it's six liberals. Yeah. And it's because we tend to be placeholders. They advance leftism, and uh, we we think holding things the way they are is being conservative. And they're fine letting – that's the establishment. And they're fine with that because we're holding it, all the, 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 the bureaucrats and the regulations in place until they get back in power where they advance it again. Right. Trump and Trump, um, the Trump people that I've become very avid about supporting, uh, they're about advancing it the other way. Yep. And uh, that's why there is such a ruckus, because that disrupts 50 years of Washington. Yep. You know. How do you explain and, um, that? It raises an interesting question, Doug. I'll let you do everything you want to do, but this that you raise questions. Right. You're so in, your, your thought process is so interesting. How do you think this explains one of the conservative institutions that has not succumbed to Sullivan's principle or your six conservatives principle? which is to say talk radio, 
You know, you look at the hosts. Oh, right. okay, we'll find one or two exceptions, but only one or right. two. Um, right. You find you find. Is it because we are moving the ball every day? Is it because yeah. we and the listeners yeah. are engaged every single day in advancing conservatism? Is that the answer? I, I think I think it's almost like the constitutional republic of the United States. In other words, why could it we is, do it, what Weekly Standard and National Review couldn't? Yes, and you guys are closest to the people. We set it up, our founders set it up to the to be governed most by the local government because it's the most responsive to the person. Uh, talk radio is the most responsive. Yeah. If you start vary, uh, varying too much because of the Sullivan Principle, your ratings drop very rapidly. Yeah. We will we will switch rapidly, yeah. and so you are very close to the people, and you and you have the heartbeat, and you have our passion and loyalty. If you fill that need, okay, and uh, you you fill a lot of great intellectual, philosophical, cultural political and economic needs that you just can't get in. Well, you think of the Giants, you know, you think of like, uh, let's say on this network, uh, Giants like Larry Elder and Dennis Prager. I mean, they've been in this world for a lot of years. I mean, they've been in radio for 30 plus years, each of them. They've probably never been as popular as they are now, you know? Oh, more so, because more people are discovering, like you're saying, Larry Elder. And I, I remember years ago, I told you, I got to meet him at one of your events. Okay. And I told Larry Elder at that time that I have more in common with him, a yep. black man from L.A., poverty of L.A. I have more in common with Larry Elder than I do with my liberal leftist brother-in-law. Yeah, yeah. And in, in people, that's what the left doesn't get. They see race. I see a man of character and principle that I identify with, yep. and he's and he he probes. He's intellectual, very similar to you. They don't understand how how can the good doctor uh, Zudi Jaffer and how could Seth and how could Doug and many other great listeners? How could we sit there and see a common bond of liberty and freedom? Yeah, that is what ties us, and they can't. Right, because we think the soul and the philosophy is important, and they think the color of your skin or your ethnicity is. They see the shallowest aspects to human nature as important, and we see the deep down-to-the-bone principles that hold us that important. Nicely put. Nicely put. Sorry to diverge. I know you were on a roll of several things. Let me do this. Let me do this. Let me do this. Let me take this quick commercial break. And then we'll come back and pick up where you wanted to go. I know you said you had some more. I have some more with you, too. Um, as we go to break, let me put in a word for balance of nature. I take it every single day. It is my favorite product I've ever taken. I've been doing it for a year and more. I've given it to family. I've given it to friends. One daily dose tremendously boosts your energy, improves your health, boosts your immunity, gives you tens of thousands of vital nutrients all from 100% whole food plants, fruits, and vegetables, one dose. They're offering free shipping and 35% off any new preferred order of their fruits and veggies, which is what I take. Give them a call at 800-246-8751 or go to balanceofnature.com and use discount code BALANCE. I can't say enough about the product. I really can't. I have had so many brushes with ill health this year, as everyone has, but with my travel and my usual... Anyway, moving around and stuff, I haven't been sick once, and I attribute it to balance of nature.
Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. Doug is in Maricopa. He had a lot on his mind, and we're happy to let you express it here, Doug. Well, I appreciate that. I always have a lot on my mind. Some of it's actually relevant, so that's that's. Well, you know, you never know until we tell you. Yeah, that's true. You know, that's why you know, I call. I, I, I go through this with my producer <laughs> Bill a lot. He comes in running in with things all the time, like it's important, and I look at him, and he realizes and takes note. Okay, that didn't need to be said. Yeah. Well, you know, that's just like. Uh, your opinion, man. For example, that. That didn't need to be played. And he yeah. learns from this. He learns <laughs> as we go. Well, he, he, he learns, Seth, but what he learns, we worry about. Who yeah, knows? Yeah. You anyway, know? go yeah. ahead, <laughs> Well, I tell you, I, like I was, uh, I've mentioned before that uh, my, my greatest enemies were very good, sweet, dear people, and, and sometimes my friend. Uh, what I mean by that is oftentimes they were the uh, standard Republican establishment types and who perceived getting along as the end-all and be-all of politics. And they were oftentimes, they compromised, I don't think knowingly, they were stepping us towards socialism because they were placeholders or very willing to compromise. And this happened in business, this happened in politics, and when I was, uh, I would go to school meetings and participate in, you know, school board meetings. Um, it wasn't the liberals that were the problem. Liberals are liberals. It was the establishment, the Republicans that were willing to compromise. They, the left pushed, we compromised, they advanced. And so then when we were totally in power, we place held every, all their advancements right. in place. We right. thought that was good. And we worried about it, what they thought. And we worried about keeping the peace, which right. meant what they thought. Right. And they were only worried about, you know, advancing. Matter of fact, I always joke, after a, the school board meeting one time in the mid-'80s, that's the first time I heard the word progressive. This guy was a radical leftist. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm not liberal. I'm a progressive. And I go, what? Yeah, you know, but, but the point is, so I, uh, after 20, 25 years of being head-to-head in that, I decided the last 10, 15 years, I am a, a contributing to the cause by not contributing to the big institutions. Right, right. I research and I give lots of money, but I do it to individual right. candidates. Like, right. like I said, the upstart. Yeah, this uh, is what this is what Charles fed off of when you called on this yeah. point, and and the theory yeah. was it's a deep bench. There's a lot of them. Oh, and, there's a lot of here. And, and, and we want yeah. to create this as the new set point of the Republican Party. So, yeah. you know, Mike Pompeo, Rick Grinnell, Dan Crenshaw, yeah. Ron DeSantis, Christy Noam, Tom Cotton, Andy Biggs, Candace Owens, Jim Jordan, Larry Elder, Josh Hawley. We can go on and on and on. Yeah. Christy Noam yeah. from South, yeah. South Dakota. Yeah. And there's a John James, he's lost, but what a wonderful candidate and man that is. Uh, Genevieve Collins out of Texas, yep. Mayor Beth Van Dyen, or whatever her name is. Uh, August Flyer, uh, I mean, Dan Crenshaw, like you said. There are so many people that we would, I would give money to, and I, I don't care if they won or lost. Right. These are the fighters that I want. As a matter of fact, Reagan lost a couple times before he won. Uh, you know, oh, uh, yeah, as did Lincoln. Yeah. Uh, you know, there, yeah. there's just a lot. Cameron, the attorney general of Kentucky. You know, there's yeah. it's so many. It's an almost embarrassment of riches. But we want more. 
But my point is it's a reason for optimism. I'll tell you a funny story. I don't know if I've told you this story before, Doug, of this idea of, you know, being when we're in power, we're placeholders and worried what the liberals will think. When Bill Bennett was Secretary of Education, Ronald Reagan, it was a particularly harsh month of press against him for speeches he was giving and statements he was making. And there was a cabinet meeting Ronald Reagan presided over, and it had a big file that said Bennett, and Reagan opened it. And he said, L.A. Times, Bennett must go. New York Times, Bennett, new James Watt of the administration. Washington Post, Bennett's time is up. And then there were two or three more headlines like that. And Bill says you could almost feel around the cabinet table people moving away from him, moving their chairs just inches away. And then Reagan puts the folder down and he says to the room, that's what Secretary Bennett's been up to. What's the matter with the rest of you? Talk about not caring what they think, huh? What a great lesson there is there. We'll be right back. In real estate, if you're buying or selling, you want James Wexler of JMG Real Estate. He has a private database of homes that will soon be going on the market, helping you avoid complicated bidding wars. And if you're in the selling place, he has a proprietary and state-of-the-art marketing technology, which enables his customers' homes to be viewed by the widest pool of qualified buyers. He guarantees to sell your home at market value or pay you the difference. He can also make you a guaranteed offer up front within 24 hours if that's more convenient for you. Give him a call. Give James a call at 480-386-0711 or visit James Wexler online at jameswexler.com. That's James Wexler, W-E-X-L-E-R.com. Charles, listener Charles in Phoenix, who's our um, official keeper of the list. The list is the new set point of the Republican Party and conservative movement as we would like to see it. He sends me updates on occasion. Made this point after listening to Doug, and it's valid. As we list the many names of rising stars in the conservative movement, we find this as well. The mainstream media covers none of them. And if they appear on liberal entertainment shows, it's to make them an object of ridicule. Ridicule. Let's avoid the second. I, I, I really don't think it's a good idea for most conservatives to try and appeal to Bill Maher and that ilk of shows. I really don't think it's a good idea. First of all, it's part and parcel of trying to please them and trying to show we're hip and we're cool, and we don't need them for that. Someone will say, well, don't you want to appeal to their audience? Don't need it. Don't need to. That audience isn't there to be educated. That audience is there to cheer and jeer, first of all. Uh, There's very few conservatives who do well on those shows, very few. And the highway is littered with conservatives who look foolish because they don't have a professional writing staff of comedians and cynics um, that feed the host and they don't edit on their own the way these shows and hosts edit. I've seen it. I've seen it up front, close and personal. I've seen what they do. I remember once seeing Laura Ingram say, who who was the Comedy Central host that was so big for a while? John Stewart. 
he was one of the worst. And they're editing. He did terrible hatchet jobs on conservatives with editing. And I remember seeing Laura once say, I, I just won't go on that show. I know I know his game and I won't play it. And that was right. That was good and that was right. And there's a lot of us that um, should hew to that. So, Charles, let's hope most of them don't do it. One of them, uh, the names that keeps coming up, is Dan Crenshaw. You're right. He doesn't get a lot of play outside of Fox and Newsmax. He gave a great speech on the floor the other day. Uh, uh, yesterday, I guess it was. And I'll play that in a few moments. Um, but before I do that, a lot of you had asked me for uh, a COVID statistics update that I used to do more regularly. And for no good reason, maybe election stuff. I... Uh, just fell out of the habit. But um, I go to the CDC uh, data tracking, and uh, here's what I give you from today's news. This is not the way most media will do it. I think it's a better way of doing it. Straight from the CDC, I just write the numbers down. I take it all from them. There have been 205.6 million COVID tests in the United States. 16.6 million were positive. 189 million were negative, which gives you a positivity rate of about 8%. There have been 298,000 deaths with COVID marked on them. Death rate as a percentage of positive tests, 1.7%, which is down from last week. Death rate as a percent of all tests, one-tenth of one percent, which is down from last week. In a population of 331 million, this all gives you a mortality rate of 0.09, that is to say nine hundredths of a percent, which means you have a chance of not dying of 99.91%. percent of not dying from, every, from, from a disease that everyone tells you you're going to die from. Let me now add this, courtesy of our friend Alex Berenson today. In Italy, the country with the worst per capita COVID death rate, the odds of a healthy person under 40 dying from COVID this year are 0.00006%, six one hundred thousandths of a percent in Italy. I did the math for America, and because of the way the CDC stratifies numbers, it's I can't do it under 40, but I can do it under 50. In America, the chance of someone under 50 dying from COVID is better than 0.006, thousandths of 1%. In other words, better than 99.994% chance of surviving. For this, we ruin families. Life, a country, relationships, sobriety, and the economy for this. Williams in Phoenix. Hi, William. Hi. Um, sorry. Sorry about that. Okay. I wanted to, um, two things. One is the idea of uh, uh, a lot of the campaign right now is on the socialism that Biden's going to begin. But if you look at the people he's picking, these people are big corporists, uh, bankers, and etc. I mean, uh, 
you know, I listen to some progressive shows too, and they, you know, they're up in arms about the people he's picking. Um, it seems more like turning over to the corporates, corporates and going back to the big globalists as opposed to. Well, I don't know if that's true of his um, Secretary of Health and Human Services. Um, I don't know if it's true of his attorney general. I don't know if it's true of the big positions. Um, I don't know that, you know, the most famous of all the names thus far is John Kerry, who's going to have cabinet level status. Um, And I don't know that there's anything he believes that the most liberal socialist doesn't believe. Uh, You may have heard my thesis that I, I really don't think any of them believe much differently than what Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez believes. I really don't. Um, Kamala Harris, you'll recall, is the vice president. She is the, to this day, moment, most left-wing member of the United States Senate. That puts her to the left of Bernie Sanders by roll call ratings. I, um, so I, I, don't, I don't really see it that way, William. Okay. Fair enough. Let's watch. Yeah, so Let's I, watch. So we'll see. We'll see, yeah, we'll, we'll see if I'm wrong. We'll see if I'm wrong. Yeah, I mean, like, it's socialism, the idea that, that, you know, people voting for the Democrats think they're going to be, you know, given this utopia. Of well, medic- we'll see if I'm wrong. I, 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 but I don't know that there's a difference right now between corporatism and socialists. I'll give you an example. Jack Dorsey, who's a billionaire gave $10 million to Ibram Kendi at Boston University, who said you cannot be an anti-racist and a capitalist. That's who corporatists are giving money to. Who's the socialist now, right? Right. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. John Hinderocker coming up at the top of the next hour on something really interesting. Um, You know, a lot of you are familiar with David Horowitz, and uh, a lot of you know him as a um, conservative fighter. Uh, Less kindly would be he's been referred to as a bomb thrower, Um, rhetorical, ideological bomb thrower. and both of those descriptions are crimped and stinting. He is a tremendous writer and thinker who understands the state and art of political war in the, in the, in the venue in which he engages it. So if it's on Twitter, he plays by Twitter's rules. When he goes to a university, he plays by a university's rules. Did you ever see that YouTube or whatever? You can still get it, I think, where he just took down that supporter of Hezbollah. It was incredible how he literally unveiled her, but verbally and literally at the same time. In any event, um, his written work is his books. They are masterpieces. They are masterpieces of literature And his most famous book is a book called Radical Son, which is an autobiography that he published. uh, It's probably like 25 years ago, I'm guessing. Well, he wrote a new addition to it with a new introduction. And John Hinderocker at Powerline uh, did a very good service 
of republishing that new introduction. And I want to talk to John about it. And there's a reason I want to talk to John about it rather than David. And the reason is I think it's important for the observers to discuss what they get from David Horowitz's history for several unique reasons. I'm going to do that with John Hinderocker in the next hour. I also want to not forget to talk about what the Falls Church School Board did yesterday. Remember Dana's call from Chandler about a school being renamed in Minnesota? Guess what they did in Falls Church? They renamed Thomas Jefferson Elementary and George Mason High School. Unanimous votes. I want to talk about that, too. I have a lot to say about both those things. We'll be right back with John Hinderocker from the Powerline blog. Don't go away.